What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I've got Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse in the building. Of course, we're going to go over some Duke conversations, the DWI, Paolo Banquero starting. A little tricky there, but of course, we've got a Syracuse expert who's going to talk about what he's been through with his team in the past couple of years with some scandal. How do you best handle when things happen to your squad or maybe even your coach? We'll have Tyler talking about that. More importantly, we've got to get into some of these basketball games, some slow starts, some keeping it moving, ultimate wins for other teams. We'll have that conversation on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Again, Tyler Aki in the building, locked on Syracuse. And, of course, we rocking and rolling hoop style. We know that Syracuse's football season isn't exactly ending in the bright, shining moment that we thought it would. Maybe they would turn a corner, but after that game last Saturday, I don't know, Tyler. Yeah, it's pretty much done. Not too (laughs) concerned about it, though, because the goal is to get yourself to basketball season, and that's where we're at right now. 100% agree. I also saw some transfers going on. I think that's everywhere. Now people are starting to finally realize, like, maybe this is not a program for me. And listen, at the end of the day, do what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it is sometimes weird timing. Like, you got two games left. You couldn't stick it out for another game or two, but... Hey, yeah, sometimes you just got it's sometimes the time is now. And for yeah. a lot of these players, they're they're exploring those options. And you want to get involved in a spring game, start that recruiting process earlier because if you don't dip out now, someone might take your spot at a school that you might want to go to. That's very true. Good point. Now they're in basketball news, as we had mentioned, transitioning to things. College hoops is underway. Of course, teams are starting out with some gimmies, some playing uh, buying games, all of that good stuff, but they're still struggling a little bit with some of these, even when it's a start, finish, all of that stuff. We're going to go over that. Want to get your thoughts, though. Last night, Paolo Bencaro started during the Duke game after the controversy with the DWI, where he was charged with aiding and abetting to Michael Savarino, who is Coach K's grandson, and yet and still... Paolo got the start. He was made unavailable for media. And everyone's just wondering, do you think it's a good idea to have a player who's gone through like, you know, a wild weekend out here, just like everything's normal starting lineup. Let's just roll. It was odd. It certainly was odd. And it feels like we learn a new legal term because of college (laughs) basketball every single year. I'd never heard of aiding and abetting. I know it's, I don't believe it's a law in every single state either. So maybe that's a part of it too. But I, I look at it as, Listen, the kid made a mistake, obviously. he We shouldn't tear his, his entire reputation down. But if you're Coach K, you're a leader of young men, and, and you should be implementing punishment because obviously what he did was very, very stupid uh, of yeah. letting his grandson drive with a, a .08 BAC at, at that moment. And whether or not Paolo wa- was in the wrong or, or had done anything wrong in the moment – you still have to send a lesson. You you have to send a lesson that, listen, this is college basketball. You can't be going out and, and doing stuff like that and letting your teammates down. Because like that's a bad teammate right there mm-hmm. of letting someone get behind the wheel like that. And the sad thing is, is it's so easy these days. You pull yeah. out your phone and you hit a button and someone's yeah. there to pick you up. Yeah, This should not be an issue now. And, and that's, the I think, the saddest part out of all of this is that it is super avoidable. Mm-hmm. And yet... 
you you look at this situation and it continues to to pop up. I mean, we see it at, at Gonzaga too with Mark Few and and Jalen Wilson at Kansas. This should not be an issue in the year 2021, but here we are. Yeah, 100% agree there. But more importantly than that, you know, you're the type of person who has been known for your militant background. You're on your farewell tour and you're trying to end on a good note and to have it be your grandson, the one that's in trouble. And to say during the media availability post game that it was a captain's decision to let Paolo play and be in the starting lineup. I'm like, nah, that's I'm not giving my decision to 21, 22 year olds. Like I've been doing this thing a long time. I'm absolutely going to put in some sort of penalty where you can you could you can, even if he didn't start the first five minutes even if he didn't come into the second half I would have been yeah. like okay at least he's getting some sort of punishment but you know to have him out there just rolling they beat Garner Webb of course it was a 52 92 you know blowout but in the day that's not the story and of course you know you saying that it's not what everyone says in the papers blah blah, blah. doesn't matter at the end of the day the man got a charge so right. I'm just kind of yeah. concerned with how the leadership is going like maybe are you not caring anymore are you just trying to really right under with no, no conversations about it. It just doesn't seem good. But I say all that to say, I would love to know your thoughts and someone who's dealt with kind of some Syracuse basketball controversy scandal. How do you best move forward as a team, as a program, and really just keep rolling? Well, the first part is, is that there needs to be some sort of addressing of it. And it feels like all of it is sort of being pushed to the side, it feels like, at Duke. They're going to – obviously, the, the walk-on is – Someone of notoriety, right? Mm-hmm. If if any other walk-on in the country were to do something like this, this is probably a very n- big non-story, right? Yeah. And, and the walk-on maybe kicked off the team, whatever. But because of the status of the walk-on, all of a sudden things get a little bit more interesting. And I, as someone who's seen how it's been handled in the past with different things, like I remember back in, I believe it was 2012-13 season, mm-hmm. Michael Carter-Williams was charged with shoplifting Mm. and there were no suspensions handed out to him. He paid off a fine and everything was sort of settled outside. And listen, if that's the way that the legal system is going to work with it. Okay. Now I know Paolo and, and Savarino have court dates and we'll see what the, the findings of the the court are when it's all said and done. But I, I just, I think you have to lay down the law at a certain Mm -hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And because this is not okay, whether it's a walk-on, this is not okay if it's the, your top player. And that's one of the interesting little spectrums that you're seeing here is that it involves both yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the top player in your program. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say the lowest player in your program because it's coach K's grandson, but in terms of quote unquote status, the, yeah. the walk-on is the, like everyone, if you're going to be a, a really good culture, everyone needs to be held to the same standard. And yeah. I, I just don't see that really happen. Well, I guess it is sort of happening at Duke because everyone seems like is getting away with it right now, but you need to be able to lay down the law. And yeah. that's something that Coach K just frankly isn't doing right now. I just think it's very sad that we're still having the, well, because he's a really star player, we're going to just sleep it under the rug. Or we're just not going to address it. We're going yeah. to let it go. Like, I wish we were also past that the same way we now have Uber and Lyft like, available. It's one thing if he shows up two minutes late to practice. It's yeah. another thing when you're letting a teammate get behind the wheel of a car with a 0.08 blood alcohol level. Yeah, because like, you're gone. Are, At 0.08, right. you're, you're faded. Yeah, and especially in the case of Paolo. Now, I don't know if, if there have been any details of whether or not he's had he had anything to drink that night because he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So by the letter of the law, he's got a zero tolerance policy. Right. And I look at this situation like 
it's just a bad teammate, bad teammate, bad friend, whatever. Like that stuff should not be happening ever. Yeah. If you have to fight your teammate, honestly, to be like, yo, bro, you're not driving. I'm for that. And, I'm and guess saying. what? Who's going to win? Who's going to win in that fight? The, <laughs> a guy like Paolo or, or the walk on coach K's grandson? Like no, no tea, no shade, but you know, we already know what it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tool with made ins, professional quality cookware and kitchenware. Anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, and Thanksgiving is coming up. You want to get a dish in. You want to try it with your family. I honestly encourage you to try Made In's cookware and kitchenware products that are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. It is a cookware that has worked for renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and even wine glasses. I had some Pinot Grigio myself in a maiden wine glass the other night, and it was chef's kiss after a very hard day. So right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off first order with promo code locked on because this is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products. So go to maidencookware.com slash locked on. Use that promo code for 15% off your first order. Again, maidencookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. We're here with Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse, and it is hoop season, so we are in full effect there. He covers Locked On Syracuse, and he does such a great job with basketball. And listen, early season struggles for some of our teams, right? We're we're looking at Clemson, Pitt, and UVA, ones we're going to point out today. I personally stayed up for half of Carolina and College of Charleston, and I was like, ooh, this is getting <laughs> a little dicey. But we'd love to get your thoughts, Pitt. Picking up a win against UNCW, 59-51. Squeaking it out, however you got to do it, especially with Pitt right now. I'm feeling like Capel is having one of those very hot seat seasons. Right, and the the problem with the ACC right now is how bad the bottom of the conference is. So it might make the the records of the teams at the top a little bit more flowery than, than what they really are because you're going to be able to beat up on the wakes, the BCs, the pits of the conference. I don't know how good NC State's going to be after losing Manny Bates, too. That's a huge loss for them, and they've yeah. played in some close games, too. So I, I'm a little bit worried about the conference. There's been some losses. You think the conference is worse than what we, we truly believe? Because I thought we were going to have a pretty decent squad, but I'm, I'm starting to get a little be, scary. <laughs> I thought it would be better than last season. And last okay. season was a down year. You've heard coaches come out. Tony Bennett said on a podcast that the, the conference was down. You rarely hear a coach admit the, mm -hmm. the state of the conference from a mm -hmm. season ago. And, and for him to, to go out and say something like that very candidly, I think was – was something that kind of opened some eyes. And I thought, okay, things will be better this mm -hmm. time around. But it just has not been the case, at least in the early going. I think certain teams are better when you look at someone like Duke. Duke obviously looks way better. Um, they might have the best win in college basketball right now with mm -hmm. the victory over, over Kentucky on a neutral floor. Um, Virginia Tech looks pretty good. Florida State went out and lost on the on the road against Florida, a rivalry that they had not lost in for quite some time. And then it's going to come down to what is the mid-tier of the conference going to look like? And, and where does the mid-tier start? Does that middle tier start with Carolina? Does that middle tier start with teams like Syracuse and Florida or and uh, um, Louisville and, and teams like and Notre Dame? Where does that middle tier start? How many teams before you get there? Because right now it looks like Duke's in a tier of their own, and then everyone else is kind of below that in tier two, three, and four. 
Now, do you think that I personally sometimes don't really like watching the beginning of the season because I feel like teams are still figuring out their identity. The boys have barely been on campus as a mm-hmm. unit, you know, squad practicing, right? And so I like to give grace until we get into conference play and then we can make judgments. We're out the gate, you know, injuries, you know, notwithstanding, do you sort of evaluate like, oh, this is going to be a long one for certain teams or maybe they're actually starting to figure it out early? I'm worried about one team in particular. And I think okay. over – achieving early on for another team and they both come in the state of virginia virginia i'm a little worried about and virginia tech i'm I mean, worried about virginia same one of the things about these early games is you want to leave no doubt for 40 minutes and that's something that virginia tech has done they're out to a three and start they've beaten every single team pretty handily meanwhile on the other side for virginia you lost against navy in the opener you come back and bounce back with a win but then you never stood a chance in that game against houston so <laughs> <laughs> that to me is a little bit worrisome. And yeah. listen, Virginia is going to have a coaching advantage in nearly every single game they play this season. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's not always the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's. And I don't know how good that school, that, uh, that roster is right now for Virginia, yeah. because like, who are you going to trust to get you a bucket on that roster right now? It's not a very long list if if that list even exists at all. If you're After in a crunch Clark, time situation, dicey. yeah, yeah, and even him, he's more of a defensive minded player. So. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's also you know to the point of Virginia fans already getting upset when okay, are y'all officially blue bloods now? Because I don't remember the last time Virginia has been you know, 15 years in, 20 years in being a staple school. But now all of a sudden you win, you know, after you come off of that UMBC loss, you win a national championship, you know, you have this sort of runs and you have Coach Bennett be the staple in college basketball now. Are you spoiled? Are you now saying, why aren't we great at all times? I would say no, just because that doesn't seem like the type of ship that Tony Mm. Bennett runs. He he seems like a a really strong leader. And again, if Virginia wanted to kick him out, that line of, of, uh, teams that would be knocking on his door to come take over their program would be very, very long. But when I look at Virginia, this has always been sort of their problem is if you fall down early, you don't have much hope of coming back. Mm-hmm. And because of the pace that you play at the slowest average temp or adjusted tempo in the entire country. So when you go down and the reason why it worked back in 2019 was because you had Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter. You had dudes that could get buckets for you. Mm -hmm. But now, and you just didn't fall behind very often as well. Now, you don't have that star-studded cast of players and future NBA players that can get you those sort of buckets when you do go down 7, 10 points early. Because you can go down 5, 7 points, but in reality, when you play at the tempo Virginia does, 5, 7 points feels more like 10 to 14 points, which is the the sad reality of it. Yeah, no, I completely agree there. And then you look at teams like NC State, who barely beat a Central Connecticut State University team, losing many base like you mentioned. But they, to me, are in the lower tier of having to figure out who they are as a team. And Coach Keats, this is another year where he's going to have to be that stepchild, you know, the ugly stepchild in the state of North Carolina, <laughs> which he doesn't want to be. But also, you're you're competing with the Wake Forest of the world, who's going to say maybe we're the third best team in the state and we're trying to figure out who we are because coach Forbes certainly has the demon Deacons off to a decent start. Yeah. And wake forest is going to have a cushy little start here. You look at their next three games, Charleston, Southern NCA and T Kennesaw state. Those are all yeah. teams on Ken Palm ranked outside the top two fifty. So those are teams that you should be able to take advantage of and 
get yourself out to a 5-0 and start, maybe build a little bit of confidence, but what's going to happen when you take on, you've got Oregon State at a neutral floor, you've got Northwestern, Virginia Tech, and then you get into the meat of the ACC schedule, that is a really tough ask. And sometimes I like always the gradual build in, in both mm. football and basketball where, okay, you start off with the FCS school or the team that's like 270th in the country, but then you build your way up slowly. Then you get to a team that's like, oh, like 170. Then you get to 100, and then you maybe get into a Feast Week tournament Mm -hmm. to really build up your stamina, it seems like. And that's an approach that Wake Forest, it feels like they might get blindsided at a certain point. It's almost like what we saw with BC football this year where they played nobody out of the (laughs) shoot and lost their quarterback. And then you, you get into some of these games and boom, you're kind of blindsided and your season's not going as great as you thought it might be out of the gate. Well, I was just going to say just with Wake Forest football as well, they had a nice cushy start and now everyone's questioning them whether they deserve to be in college football playoffs before <laughs> the Carolina loss. Right. And they're saying, Oh, it's, they didn't play anybody. The books are cooked, blah, blah, blah. But now you see them, you know, bouncing back with that big NC state win. And it's a great segue into the week 12 matchups. I want to talk about who, what teams are you excited about? Are there any games at this point or can we just get to the championship? And we'd love to hear that from Tyler Aki, because I think we're at the point now where we're ready for the season to get in full basketball mode but there's still a couple football games left so if you want to bet with anything i suggest you use bet online the number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season you can head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit you can also bet on things like nhl boxing ufc right to your favorites vegas casino games so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports by hitting up betonline.ag you are exactly where the game starts so we're finishing up here with Tyler Aki. And of course, we've got week 12. I cannot believe we're already almost done with football. It's been a fun ride. Yep. It's been enjoyable. You know, some things we thought would happen, most didn't, of course. But it's always fun when you can assume it's going to be Clemson and everybody else. And it turns out to not be that whatsoever. Duke is kicking us off with Louisville at home. Their final game. They are looking for a desperate ACC win. Can they find it here? They might have to wait till week 13. Who knows? But I don't know. I'm feeling like week 12 is just more of the same. There's not really anything that jumps off the page. But at the same time, maybe there's some games for you, Tyler, that you're excited to see. There's a there's one nuance that I'm, I'm pretty excited to see. And it's the Clemson-Wake Forest mm-hmm. matchup. Because mm-hmm. technically... Clemson's not eliminated yet yeah. from winning the Atlantic. And Which if you, crazy. and they enter this game against Wake Forest as a four and a half point favorite too. Which now is wild. <laughs> I, I saw today that, that Justin Ross is, is done for the season. Mm-hmm. He's shutting it down and he's going to focus on the NFL draft. But this is a Clemson team that could somehow weasel its way into the ACC championship game after <laughs> drawing all that scrutiny out of the gate. And again, you, They've got a, a game in or Wake Forest is the one with a game in hand. They still have an extra game to play in the in the conference because that that UNC matchup did not technically count. But mm-hmm. this is a, a very interesting finish here in the ACC because everything that we thought we may have known, we thought this was going to be a two horse race in the Atlantic between NC State and Wake Forest. And all of a sudden Clemson enters the chat and could really <laughs> I, it's weird to say Clemson could shake things up. 
by, <laughs> by making it to the ACC championship, but here we are. Yeah, if you're an NC State person, you're certainly cheering for Boston College and Clemson. You're trying to figure it out because there is a percent chance, but I don't think Wake Forest will drop this one, I pray. this is this. is They've been doing too well, but at the same time, you know, I always say DJ could have a great game, but that defense is going to be one where Sam Hartman struggled against NC State through three interceptions, and he just didn't look good. His receivers didn't step up in the way Jaquari Roberson. He's, we don't know his status for the game, and they don't have Christian Beal Smith for the run game. So those are two big factors going in. A.T. Perry is going to have to have a huge game. Will they call offensive pass interference on him this time <laughs> around? Like third time's a charm. I've seen it three times now with my own two eyes. Not sure about that, but – you know, I think with NC State, they just have to stay focused because you still have a Carolina game where anything could happen. You know, them. I mm-hmm. as much as you want to say it's in the bag for an NC State team who has improved mightily, Carolina still has a, the horses in the stable to get it done and make that upset. No, absolutely right. And then the other game that I kind of have circled here is Pitt and Virginia because yeah. this has major, major implications in the coast. So there's a lot of divisional implications here at the top. This week, So even though the games maybe aren't the marquee matchups that you've been looking for, there's still intriguing storylines. Pitt enters this game as a 14 and a half point favorite over over Virginia. So we'll see again. These have been sort of the let up spots at times for Pitt, but Mm -hmm. they've got a chance to potentially clinch the the ACC Coastal this week against a Virginia team that you go toe to toe in a shootout. Like that's the thing is it almost feels like the ACC to a degree has morphed into the big 12 in a sense where you see a lot of shootouts and Mm -hmm. a lot of these games that have been pent up as offense, offense, offense kind of lived up to the bill for the most part. Like, and that's been super entertaining if you're a fan of offensive football, because there's some really good quarterbacks in this conference that can put up a lot of points. You know, I think I was pleased with Bronco Mendenhall, not putting Brennan in the game against, uh, Notre Dame, because you just knew like that was going to yeah. be not a great showing. Hopefully, he'll be healthy enough to take on the Panthers this weekend. And what could happen? I just I can't even believe that we're talking about. I wanted to talk about Miami and Carolina so bad at the end of the season. Miami <laughs> blew it. Carolina blew it. I'm just pissed at everybody because I had I had in my head how it was going down. And Sam Howell today talking about how he is not for sure if he's going to go to the NFL and he's thinking about staying for another year. And I'm like. But why? There's nothing to come back. I mean, mind you, we have great recruits and all of that stuff, but recruits still take time and they have to learn the system and schemes. And unless they change something on defense, there's no reason. Go make your money. Not that he's not making good Bojangles money, but I'm just saying <laughs> there's better money in the NFL, right? I mean, is there better money than Bojangles money? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like Kenny, P- you know, I think I said this, well, I, I tweeted this out. You know, Kenny Pickett paid his offensive linemen in food. He got them a weekly steak dinner at one of like the local restaurants in Pittsburgh. Sam, like, where are all the bow, like, different tailgate Yeah, the boxes bow boxes for everyone. Yeah. For the all- offensive line. That's the problem. If you had done that, if you had made them a part of it, they probably would have blocked for you better. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I think if you feed the big men, they do better Yep. For you. Incentivize. <laughs> you always hear, like, um, like, especially on Christmas time in the NFL, you always see the gifts that the, exactly. the quarterbacks get the offensive linemen. You always see after a, a no hitter, the pitcher buys the catcher, usually a pretty nice gift. So, okay. Yeah. You got I you. Mean, you got, you got to let you guys know. up. Exactly. hundred percent agree. Tyler, always a pleasure to have you. You know, we are getting into the thick of college, college basketball. would love to know where people can keep up with buddy and company when they talk about Syracuse. <laughs> Yeah, you can find us locked on Syracuse every single weekday, Monday to Friday. Myself, at Tyler Aki underscore on Twitter. And you can find us 
on Twitter as well and YouTube for Locked on Syracuse at LO underscore Syracuse. Did the Drexel game stress you out or were you fine? No, because you kind of knew. You Just the way that you kind of knew. You knew. I, I, listen, I Jim Beheim is the master of the second half adjustment. Yeah. I've seen this play out many a time where, okay, one team gets a little hot shooting from three. You push the forwards up in the zone a little bit. Force a couple turnovers here or there. Turn those turnovers into points. I wasn't too worried. Yeah, Syracuse is doing well, like right under that radar. Again, like making sure they do just enough to where they say in that undefeated conversation, but not too much to where they have controversy. Like they, they write, they're riding it nice right now. Yeah, no, they're they're in a good spot, <laughs> I think, for their for their program. And the the challenges are going to start. They go to Atlantis. You could run into some teams like Baylor, UConn. Mm-hmm. Loyola, Michigan State, those will be nice tests for them. For sure. Well, until next time, it's always a pleasure to have you guys. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We have got Free South Friday, Jersey Drake in the building. Follow us at Locked on ACC on Twitter. Also, subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Until next time.